A devout Mexican friar dreams of being a world-famous luchador, but his responsibility to the orphans in his care is his unwavering priority. He realizes he can wrestle in secret and earn enough money to make life for the orphans a little bit better. So Ignacio becomes Nacho the Luchador in the 2006 comedy Nacho Libre. I'm Connor Izagari. And I'm Isabel Gonzalez. And this is Fake True Stories. Another one. <laughs> We're doing it again. <laughs> Another sports movie. <laughs> I don't like sports that much, but I realize that these are the movies that I keep picking, except for Death of Stalin. I think that was the only other pick I have had. True. But I feel like that movie is also a bit of a like, you know, I don't know. Hockey is, was mentioned in it. Is manipulation a sport? I think to certain people, yeah. I think so. The sport of politics. So. Yeah, the greatest game, if you will. Uh, like sports. Yeah, uh, but I've I've made her stop, so we're not we're not doing another one for for a bit. There's a lot out there. We will go back to them. Just yeah, it's not intentional. I promise. <laughs> I didn't think about it until I was looking up actors in this movie, and I got to the Wikipedia, and it was like Nacho Libre is a sports movie. I was like, oh, oh no, <laughs> I did another one. <laughs> I had the. I had the epiphany last night as I was putting it on. I'm like, wait a minute. This is her third sports movie. <laughs> sports, sports, sports. <laughs> uh, well, welcome to the Filmgasm podcast. Specifically, welcome to our spinoff podcast, Fake True Stories, where Isabel and I discuss the historical accuracy of films that claim to be based on or inspired by true events. Today's pick is Nacho Libre, a Nickelodeon-produced comedy that was loosely inspired by the real-life priest-turned-wrestler Sergio Gutierrez Benitez, who wrestled under the name Frey Tormenta for 23 years. We'll dig into his story in a bit here, but uh, first, this was your pick. Why did you choose Nacho Libre? I love this movie. This one is one of my favorite movies of all time. Not like, without a doubt, my cousin and I quote this all the time. She will call me out of nowhere and we'll just be like, hey, prima, what was Nacho wearing when he was climbing the mountain? I was like, his white boots, baby. And like, she'll just hang out the phone. Like, <laughs> we do it all the time she always talks about the boots how did you find me i saw you from the village <laughs> like hola nacho <laughs> we quote this all the time my family loves this movie like it is a great movie and then i found out that it was not well received and i am offended <laughs> that it was not well received because this is a beautiful movie i love this movie i will watch this movie anytime like american psycho death of stalin django unchained Nacho Libre is another one that is on my list. If you say, hey, do you want to watch Nacho Libre? I'll watch it. I will absolutely watch it. I love it. I was quoting pretty much all of it the entire time (laughs) because I've seen it so many times. Um, Also, I remembered it was loosely based on a true story, so it counts. It is not true. It's a fake true story, Um, but it's it's off of a true story. Therefore, it qualifies. So... (laughs) wanted to talk about it if we can literally do one of these on you know fucking amityville i think nacho libre counts i mean we we set the bar for ridiculous with that one so you know bring it inspired by accounts (laughs) 
Uh, I just also want to say you have the most random film taste of any human being I've ever known. I never know what you're going to like or not. Like I've never been able to pin that down. I don't know. No. <laughs> my, my, my crew here um, does not understand at all my film taste either because they know that American Psycho is one of my comfort films. However, they're like, if you're like the nicest person here, why is that a go-to film for you? I'm like, because it's funny. <laughs> like, it's funny. <laughs> I convinced that we're watching it tomorrow for our movie night. <laughs> they were like, what are we going to watch for movie night? I was like, American Psycho, American Psycho. And one of my other friends likes it. And so we're both like, just oh, quoting it the whole time. Like, you like Huey Lewis in the news? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe Kyle prefers Ben's meme over mine. Like, we're just constantly <laughs> quoting it. <laughs> But like I like that, but I also really like the Lego movie. If anybody puts on the Lego movie, I'll watch that anytime, anywhere. Um, there's it's a it's like music. There is no genre singular that I like. I like many genre. I've seen many pigs eat many men. I have seen many that was an always sunny quote. I see your face. Oh. <laughs> what you're just gonna leave that there? Okay. <laughs> anyway, nice. yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's good. I like I like that. It's keeps me on Wild my toes. card, baby. Ah, <laughs> uh, um, I hadn't seen Nacho Libre since I was a kid, like since I was like 11, 12 years old. I was certain I was going to hate this <laughs> when I put it on. I was like, I'm not going to enjoy this and it's going to be a sad episode. But I was in as soon as Jack Black showed up, I was like, when you're, when you're going for, <laughs> when it comes to comedy, always bet on black. Jack Black knows what he's doing. It's such a good actor for this movie. <laughs> like, it just, ah. It's so ridiculous. Like the beginning. <laughs> How come we can't ever have just like a salad? <laughs> <laughs> and then just his opening lines. Today it's especially delicious. Mira, con permiso. <laughs> drawing in church and he's like hiding it from the kid and i don't even know which saint is looking at him and he's like freaks out (laughs) (laughs) the fact that people don't like this movie bothers me and people are entitled to their opinions they're allowed to not like the things that i like but this is a good movie The humor is good. And I was reading reviews that were like, it's hard to put Jack Black in a bad movie, but this one really took the cake. And I was like, what? Like, what? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Whatever. I think people, you know, like you said, they're entitled to their opinions, but I mean, can't you just shut up and watch this and just try to enjoy it? Like there's certain movies where you just got to be like, Stop trying to be problematic. Just sit down, shut up, and laugh. Like It's a stupid that. comedy. It's like Napoleon Dynamite. It's a stupid comedy. It's like, it's just, a, I'm just going to watch it and laugh because it's dumb, but it's smart humor. Like the timing of the movie, the stupid, like random noises in the background, like all the stuff that they add to it, the like the facial expressions of like all the characters, the like, <laughs> the slaps <laughs> good movie <laughs> somebody pointed out that it has a like it has the vibe of a wes anderson movie like it feels like wes anderson which i could totally fucking see it was very weird but like the the way it's shot 
like it is i wonder if it's it's i'm gonna look up real quick if it's the same cinematographer because that would be fucking crazy uh, <laughs> i just uh, know this guy also made napoleon dynamite and he's making a minecraft movie apparently really minecraft minecraft i'm gonna watch it in 2025 according to wikipedia minecraft movies coming out so when fake true stories or filmgasm does all of their like 500th billionth episode in 2025 after i talk about five nights at freddy's three years prior well we're gonna talk about minecraft <laughs> um uh, that means i have to see the minecraft movie and i <laughs> minecraft my... get the out of my room i'm playing minecraft <laughs> uh all right so the guy who did the cinematography for this did not do wes anderson but it is it's, it's a nice Bad. yeah it's, it's very similar it's good. Yeah. um <laughs> well let's uh let's get into the opening question here so this movie is obviously about you know very much about wrestling specifically uh luchador wrestling but shifting it back to the to state side, I know you're a big fan of WWE. So who are some yes. of your favorite like wrestlers throughout time? Randy Orton, the legend killer, the Viper. He's been gone for a little bit now, and it physically hurts me that I have not gotten to hear voices whenever he comes out. Um, Randy Orton. I love that man. Randy Orton, um, Sheamus. I think Sheamus is pretty sick. Um, I love watching The Rock, just like clips of him. I started watching it for for viewers. I did. I'm I'm a new wrestling fan, relatively. I did not get to watch during the ruthless aggression era. Uh, we didn't have cable, and that was what SmackDown and Raw was on. It was on different networks out there. They brought SmackDown to Fox close to the pandemic, and I kept seeing commercials for it. And I was like, that's dumb. And I was watching South Park. And one of my favorite South Park episodes is the wrestling one because it just always made me laugh. And then I kept seeing commercials for it. And one day, for some reason, my brain was like, let's see if it's as wacky as South Park says. And it is. So I started watching in 2020. So a lot of my, my wrestlers that I like are new. So I'm sure people will be less like, oh, she's a big wrestling fan, but she's not naming anybody from back then. Because I didn't watch him back then. Uh, but yeah, Randy Orton. Uh, I like watching like the rock clips. Sheamus. Drew McIntyre. Mwah, beautiful i like him just for the looks i oh man i watch wrestling for the for the plot um bunch of built shirtless dudes Ooh. <laughs> it's fantastic um the storylines are great i've always um also like matt riddle that's another guy he was randy orton's partner for a bit before randy orton got hurt which really really hurt um and then og heavy machinery fan they got rid of tucker who was one of the people but otis whenever i first started was on the story arc where he was like wooing like one of the hottest ladies in the in the thing and to give you an idea otis is like i don't want to say he's oh i think he, he's for sure over 300 pounds like a big just like he looks like a bulldog just mm, dude um very like country blue collar looking dude wooing this like supermodel like bombshell chick and they had this whole love art going on it was really good and then the writing got cracked in 2021 because wrestling writing is stupid to begin with but it got bad where you're just like this doesn't make sense at all like it didn't make sense before this especially doesn't make sense for wrestling terms and it fell apart and now he's on like another one um but yeah there's <laughs> I've been I've been to WrestleMania. I got to go to WrestleMania two years ago when it was in DFW, or I guess a year ago, which was fantastic. I got to see Randy Orton live, and I screamed. Sami Zayn, Paul Heyman is not a wrestler, but he's one of my favorite people. Um, he was like the hype man for Brock Lesnar. Now he's doing it for the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns, who's been 
in like the spotlight of WWE for over a thousand days now. He's been the champion like pretty much since I started watching. Like it's been the same guy in charge and he always wins in stupid ways and it's fine because I've come to accept it now. My brother and I have a poster of him in his in his room and we praise the tribal chief whenever we walk by. We do our fingers in the air like <laughs> tribal chief is number one. <laughs> once i got into it i got my whole family into it it was like a i'm into this so now all of you are going to be into it because i started watching it like this is stupid why are you watching this as well like because it's funny and then slowly each of them would sit down with me and watch it and then i got them all to watch wrestlemania when it was live uh during covid so there was nobody there and that was really awkward the covid years of wrestling were really weird the first like four months when it was just silence um yeah yeah Woo, wrestling <laughs> i don't know who any of those people are <laughs> i'm all right so i i'm more of an 80s guy my my dad got me into 80s wrestlers specifically macho man randy savage mm-hmm. no one's no one's ever gonna conquer the macho madness as far as i'm concerned and that man I I would love to know like the amount of I want to know what his cocaine budget was <laughs> cuz that man was never sober and he was just so wild and so cr- one of my favorite videos of all time is the cream of the crop interview <laughs> where Randy does this amazing sleight of hand with these little cups of like coffee creamer keeps referring to himself as the cream of the crop. It's the funniest shit. It's so weird. It inspired me to go to dress up as as Randy Savage for Halloween last year, which was so much fun. I I built the whole costume from scratch. I found all the pieces and I stayed in character the whole night. Not, Oh, not two Halloweens ago. Last Halloween, I was Vincent Vega from Pulp Fiction with my cousin, Ryan, who was Jules which was also really fun. But uh, yeah, I love Macho Man. I think he's nuts. Uh, Hulk Hogan always makes me laugh. Uh, I love Ric Flair. Like, I just love the whole woo thing. I love that. Can't stand his daughter. Oh my Lord. She has a nip slip every time there's a pay-per-view event. Every time. That is not (laughs) accidental. She does that on purpose and anytime a new female wrestler gets the title guess who comes out charlotte flair eh, eh. and she always gets some sort of work done so she'll come back and you're like who is this where did charlotte go like oh she got a nose job she got a chin job that's where she's been the last like three months is so dumb i'm so tired of oscar other people oscar bianca belair i love them there are so many wrestlers that if i saw uh biggie biggie's been gone because he got hurt too sammy Zayn, boogs rick boogs there are so many wrestlers <laughs> i love wwe it is great it's wholesome family fun that's what i say i'm like it's just mindless entertainment that i enjoy it's just stupid it's and it's very impressive the acrobatic feats that they do because it's obvious it's fake and everybody knows that it's fake but them actually jumping off of like the top you know you know ring the top rope onto another person is not fake there's no ropes holding them like they have to do that it's very skilled they're strong like these are actual strong people that could kick anybody's ass they're just doing the pageantry of it they have a personality so it's like oh well roman reigns is gonna win because the referee is gonna get his eyes like 
spit in his face or something and then he's gonna hit someone with a chair and you're like oh boo you know kind of thing but like them actually like spearing somebody and RKOing like that's legit and it's awesome it's like yeah like I was there in 2021 when John Cena came back I was at Money in the Bank in Fort Worth and Roman Reigns beat Edge and I also love Edge. Edge is awesome too. On like his theme song. Anyway, um, we were there and we knew we we're like someone's gonna come out. Someone's gonna come out and challenge Roman Reigns. And freaking John Cena, the first note, and I was like, ah! <laughs> I have never heard a crowd that loud in my life. I went to the Taylor Swift concert. I have not heard a crowd as loud as the freaking Dickies Arena wrestling fan base when John Cena came back. <laughs> It was awesome. I got he did the thing. <laughs> that would have been fucking awesome. Yeah. It I, was I, so sick. I was like, ah! <laughs> he's back. His shorts. He has his jean shorts. <laughs> oh, this yeah, this whole world is so like wild to be. So did you ever see the film Fighting with My Family? It was a 2019 biopic of um, Paige. And oh, how, okay. How she ended up in WWE. And it was, mm-hmm. it was, that's how I, for people like me who don't really know a lot about this whole, you know, fandom, I got to see a little bit of inside work on how that, how that whole organization operates. And it was interesting. Dwayne Johnson plays himself as like, you know, as the, you know, giving them advice. And, uh, it was a cool movie. It was it was a neat like they're like a family of wrestlers and she gets the big time but her brother doesn't and it's causes causes a rift between them but it gets healed eventually. Yeah. I recommend checking that out y'all if you don't know what the hell Isabel's talking about. There's so much. <laughs> there's so much lore. These they're families that have been doing this like the Rocky his dad married into the I can't remember their name family but it has like um Samoa Joe and the current like Roman Reigns the Usos all there's a huge Tamina a huge family of Samoan wrestlers and then in like Luchador there's families that do this stuff and it's just it's a thing because it's like it's like modern circus stuff because that's very similar to what it is it's pageantry you're performing you have a personality people pay that's why like in the 2000s it was so popular because they had big names like John Cena and The Rock, you don't really have that right now. And they're really trying to get that with Roman Reigns. That Roman Reigns isn't bringing in like the big outer WWE universe fan base like they were with John Cena and all that. And then that was what was so big with like the 80s. Is you have Hulk Hogan, you have Macho Man Randy Savage, you have Ric Flair, you have those larger than life personalities. They don't really have that right now. Roman Reigns is just really good at being like, acknowledge me. And like, that's it. And you're like, yeah, like I acknowledge your tribal chief. But you don't have the... Like, there's no one in there right now that's going to be going on, like, TV or movies like those other dudes would go on to be, you know? And that's a big that's a big part of it, but I still love it. I haven't watched it in a bit because um, I don't have TV here. I was telling uh, Connor for people listening, I get six megabits of internet out where I'm at right now. So if I don't sound good on this, it's because I'm paying $60 a month to get six megabits of internet. <laughs> per second <laughs> paying ten dollars per megabit which is great it's awesome was working I can't, out i can't watch things it's fine it's funny right when you said that you you went a little bit like choppy it was like t- perfectly See? timed <laughs> i'm gonna leave See? that because that was just too perfect that's perfect 
it's dangerous because I talk fast and I have rapid fire thoughts. Everything that I say in the show is not scripted. It just comes out. So if you're like, wait, we have to stop and redo it. I'm not going to say the same thing again because I don't even know what just came out of my mouth. Like, Ugh. My dad listened to the show. So if he's listening to this, hi, dad. Um, and he was like, you need to like, he's like, remember things that you say on the internet last forever. I was like, what did I say? Like, I don't know. What I was, is the Disney princesses in the, in the fat thing? on glory road and i was like oh! <laughs> i don't even remember talking about that <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i've you know i've done like 500 of these at this point i don't know I, i'm not even sure what i've said i'm sure i've pissed off some people i don't know I, at this point like i'm four years into this fuck it yeah, yeah I don't you just care. keep going whatever <laughs> content's content um have you ever heard of the shock master no my dad told me about this and I looked up the video and it is some of the, the funniest, cringiest shit I've ever seen. So in, um, when was this? 1993, they tried to introduce a new wrestler, the Shockmaster, And he was like, you know, billed as this like you know, new badass, like bad guy or something. And the introduction was so botched. It completely destroyed this guy's image. He did not make it that far as a wrestler. They tried to rebrand him as kind of a goof. So this is what happened. It was an interview segment hosted by Ric Flair. This, this guy came out and said he's the Shockmaster. He's supposed to burst through a wall. He tripped through the wall, fell over. Uh, his helmet, which was a Stormtrooper helmet from Star Wars that had been bedazzled and like painted purple, hmm. that fell off. He grabbed it and tried to put that on. He also was wearing... Uh, a pair of jeans and a large black puffy vest. It did not look like they put a lot of thought into the costume. <laughs> oh my gosh. We keep talking about people. You said pair of jeans. I forgot my favorite, my absolute favorite wrestler, Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman. I, if I could be a man, I would be Braun Strowman. If you don't know who that is, look him up right now. I will wait. Okay. <laughs> That is who I want to be. If I could be a dude, Braun Strowman. He is everything I am not. Jesus. He's bald. He's like seven foot. He can just step over the top rope. He wears jeans. I hate wearing jeans. He just, uh, he's just, uh, and he just, <laughs> and they let him go. They let him go at some point. And I was devastated. I was like, I don't want to watch this anymore. And then they brought him back. And I was like, oh my God. I cried. When he came back, I was so excited. I'm like, he's back. Run! My God. He also has nipple piercings, which is not something I'm interested in, but he has them. <laughs> Holy shit. He well, said jeans, and it just reminded yeah. me of my of my boy Brad Showman. Like, <laughs> ah. Well, this guy looks badass. But I recommend looking up the video yeah. of the Shockmaster because it's so ridiculous. The guy's like viciously out of shape too, so it's like a a chubby stormtrooper like tripping through a wall and trying to be awesome, and it just it's not taken. And I I figured because you know this movie's Dude. about you know Nacho, a a bad wrestler who's not very good at it, but has the heart. Reminded me of the Shockmaster, <laughs> so I would I wanted to shout one of wrestling's biggest blunders. Yeah, Shockmaster, hilarious. Uh, okay, well that was that was fun. I don't I don't know who any of those people are, but I I do like 
the world of wrestling. I think it's outrageous, and I people have fun with it. It's fun. <laughs> you can just do stupid things. Ric Flair, in one of the more recent year story arcs, got Lacey Evans, another one of the wrestlers that I like a lot of wrestlers. It's like music. There's no like Braun Strowman is yeah, that one is my favorite male, and then Oscar is my favorite female. Those are my two. But uh, Lacey Evans is like a bombshell like type wrestler. She's she was a former Marine. Like legitimately, it's not part of her story arc. Ric Flair got her pregnant. Quote and one of the things, and it was so gross because he's like in his 80s and she actually was pregnant so that's how she was announcing i'm leaving and but they were doing this whole story rick flair was flirting with her and charlotte flair was all pissed about it and when she came out she was all like charlotte i'm pregnant and rick said "Woo!" and then that was it and i was like i hate everything I hate <laughs> this is awful oh my god I was at WrestleMania, or I was watching WrestleMania this year, and Shane McMahon, who Vince, his dad let go. Vince legit let him go, and then Vince got in trouble. Vince is no longer really a part of WWE. Um, Shane McMahon came back, and Vince always comes out at WrestleMania, so he's not a part of really WWE that much anymore. So he didn't go to WrestleMania this year. So instead, Shane came out, and everyone was like, oh, Shane, because he's like, here comes the money. And he like comes out, and he runs, and he always does high-flying stuff. That's what he does. He'll like get on top of like the steel cage and just jump off of it. That's like, that's just what he does. This one, he did this move where Snoop Dogg was out there and he ran and like jumped over Snoop Dogg and then fell and like hurt his ankle and he had to get escorted off the stage. <laughs> it's like, oh, Snoop handled it really well though. Snoop was just like, oh, hey man, like, oh dog, he fell. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> like I couldn't tell if he was legit hurt. That's one of the worst parts of wrestling is you can't tell if someone's actually hurt or if it's a part of the, if it's a part of the show. Like my brother and I will go to, to, um, uh, minor league wrestling events like in the Metroplex and we'll go watch them and those are way more fun than live WWE events because it's smaller the people are actually interacting with you you can say something they're like hey like I heard that they start like cussing at you and it's like it's not as you know family friendly because it doesn't have to be su suitable for television um, it's great and there was a dude that was there and we were like is he actually hurt or is this a part of the show like I can't tell and that has caused problems actually in wrestling and I'm going to talk about that um, very very briefly um later on because that happened in real life with a certain individual so yeah i i went to a uh i went to a wrestling match when i was a kid it was a i think it was a part of like uh my aunt used to run the soldier show for the for the army and uh i think this was part of that i don't remember I was, I was very young i don't remember if this was connected but I remember there were two wrestlers. One was this like super huge fat guy. And the other dude was a skinny dude in a green costume who I think was trying to be the Riddler from Batman. And the audience hated him and just watched the fat dude pummel the shit out of this little green guy. <laughs> I don't have, I don't remember names. I just remember green fat. We liked the fat guy. That's all I remember. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what I don't. I that's the only time I've ever gone to a wrestling match. I was like seven, maybe. I don't remember. They're literally the best. I love in person, small local league wrestling. I I had an ex boyfriend that was a wrestler, and I like 
I loved going to those shows. Not for him. It was just to see all the other stupid ass characters <laughs> because that there's no really regular. You could do whatever you want. You could show up and be like, I'm the muffin man. And you just like throw muffins at like your opponent. And that's your, that's your thing. And it's great <laughs> because you can do that. It's like, you see the videos, like the, the jokes on YouTube or on Instagram or Reddit or whatever. It's like, oh yeah, wrestling is fake. Then explain this loser. It's <laughs> so, like really stupid thing <laughs> that's where you see that you see it either in old school wwe or you see it in local leagues um i've also seen very dangerous things at local local stuff there was a cage match one time where they put the cages together very badly and then of course as soon my brother and i knew we're like as soon as someone gets slammed into that those little um, zip ties are gonna get they're just gonna break and guess what happened as soon as somebody got hit into it yeah zip ties flew apart and then they had to get all their little crew to be on the side holding it up I'm like this is not safe <laughs> so the next time they did a cage match it was better but I'm like we're gonna move back we're gonna stand up and we're gonna move back so we don't die at the like $15 a ticket show <laughs> that also are like four hours long they are super long like <laughs> it's just we're gonna film everything it's great I oh uh, I was, I, this is my hick Hispanic coming out of me. This is the hick part is watching, is watching the wrestling, the wrestling. It's the best. <laughs> oh yeah. We got, you know, we, maybe we'll do fighting with my family down the road. Cause that's a, that's a biopic of page talks about WWE directly. I think you'd have a lot of fun with that one. <laughs> okay. So not your Libre. This movie came about thanks to Jack Black being a big fan of director Jared Hess's previous movie, 2004's Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, <laughs> I wish that one was based on a true story. <laughs> I wish it was. <laughs> That's another one of my favorite films of all time. <laughs> I have never, I saw that once when I was a kid. Again, same, same as Not Believer. I watched it as a kid and thought, this is fucking stupid. I don't want to see this again. But then everyone around me has told me, like, no, dude, it's good. And so maybe I got to revisit. Maybe we'll just do that as a regular filmgasm. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you'd get out of my life and shut up. <laughs> my brother and I quote that movie all the time, too. <laughs> this guy, Jared Hess did Napoleon Dynamite. He did Nacho Libre. And then, like, a couple TV episodes. Then he did a movie called Masterminds in 2016. And not much else. Like, I don't know, because he he makes like you know memorable comedy, but not exactly box office hits. So if you're not making any box office hits, your career is gonna take a you know it's, it's gonna take a dive a little bit. But you know I could be wrong. Maybe he maybe he did something else. I don't know. I haven't, seen, didn't want I haven't recognized anything that he did. But two of his movies are literally two of my favorite movies ever. Huh. So <laughs> well. The two of them met in L.A. to discuss a possible collaboration, which has got to be cool when Jack Black calls you and is like, hey, I loved your movie, man. Let's do something <laughs> like neat. Uh, Black was drawn to Hess's idea of a man of the Lord secretly living a life of violence via his love of Lucha Libre wrestling. So from there, uh, you know, they developed Nacho Libre. Uh, Black, however, he expressed concerns over portraying a Mexican character. But Hess quelled his concerns, saying Ignacio is a gringo born and raised in Mexico. So Jack Black was like, oh, okay, loophole. I'll take it. <laughs> you couldn't do that now, but in 2006, go nuts. 
Uh, while filming, Jack Black sustained a gash on his eye after diving out of the wrestling ring during a stunt. He was rushed to the hospital, was able to continue filming. At one point, his PSP disappeared on set, and they had to shut down production to try to find it. They never did find that PSP. So, What is a PSP? PlayStation Portable. It was like... Oh, okay. I thought, like some, like, the... I thought it was. I thought it was some like film thing. I wasn't expecting a video game system. Okay, yeah, I know what yeah. that is. Yeah, it was. For those of you who don't remember, it was basically Sony's answer to the Game Boy that didn't last very long. Yeah, uh, I do remember that. Yeah, I, 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 my cousin had one. I tried to play God of War on it once, and I was like, the controller. It was so small. The freaking analog sticks were so tiny. I couldn't get past the first level. I didn't care for that system. <laughs> but Jack Black had one, and it disappeared. And they had to hunt it down, and they didn't find it. When I first read that, I read it as PCP, which is a much different situation. <laughs> so it's like, Jack Black's drugs are missing. we got to find them, which is what happened on Tropic Thunder. So in the movie, <laughs> his, you know, quote-unquote jelly beans run out, and he has serious withdrawal. I love Tropic Thunder. That That's my favorite Jack Black movie. <laughs> um, The song that Jack Black sings at the party was improvised. <laughs> Is I'm singing at the party <laughs> song. Just made that up on the fly. <laughs> ah, perfect. <laughs> uh, the uh, let's talk a bit about Ramses. So Ramses is portrayed by Cesar Gonzalez, a real life luchador best known as Silver King, a second generation luchador, son of Lucha Libre legend Dr. Wagner. He's also the brother of Luchador, Dr. Wagner Jr., and the uncle of the recently debuted Dr. Wagner III. They're not exactly that creative when it comes to naming their characters, but, you know, whatever. Uh, and he, unfortunately, died in the ring. Uh, he had a heart attack in 2019 at 51 years old during a match in London and uh, didn't make it. So Ramses died in the ring. Pretty crazy. Yeah, um, that's what I was going to say. I, I didn't look too much into it, but that's one of those examples. Someone goes down. That happens a lot where they go down and you're like, well, he was maybe he just like flubbed his spot. Like, is he good? And then you wait too long. And oh, no, Rey Mysterio, one of like a really popular wrestler. Um, he has he killed somebody when he was actually doing Lucha Libre um, in in Mexico. Like he, he killed somebody. He didn't intentionally do it, but something happened where he hit him and they just they I think they had a heart attack. Um it happens a lot and it's really sad because you know, like they're, they're doing this stuff. It's a lot of stress on them. That's why when people, that's fake. It's fake in the sense that we know who's going to win before, not we, but like they know who's going to win beforehand. It's not fake in the, in the things that they're having done to their bodies. Shane McMahon is legit jumping off a 25 foot cage. Like, you know, Edge is legitimately jumping onto a pile of people. Rey Mysterio is really jumping from the top rope down on top of a dude's boot. Like they do it in ways to help mitigate it, but it hurts. And there's a lot of people that get addicted to drugs because of that. Um, uh, Jeff Hardy, for example, he is like really badly addicted to drugs. He's a really awesome wrestler, but WWE was like, you got to get help, dude. And they were trying to get him to go to rehab and he wasn't going and he left. He ended up going to... I think he's at AEW right now, but he's like in and out of hospitals. He's con they had like a whole story arc not that long ago on WWE making fun of his addiction. And I don't know if that I, I would hope that was like okayed by Jeff Hardy. Um, but I don't know. It's yeah, 
like it's sad when that stuff happens because this is very strenuous on the body. I could never do it. The blood though, however, I found out from my ex-boyfriend, they cut themselves to bleed for the most part. Not all the time. Sometimes they're legit, but like if you see like in the old like raw and stuff, they come up, they're like faces, blood. They have little knives in their like wristbands and they cut themselves. And that is the stupidest thing in the world. And I told him that I like, that's dumb. And he's like, no, it looks cool. I'm like, no, that's stupid. Um, that, yeah, that's kind of fake, but it's real blood. So they don't, they don't have like a, like a safety phrase to say, like when actual shit goes down, they're not like, hey, you know, banana pancakes or something. And then, yeah. I'm sure there is, but you know, things happen. Um, if you have a heart attack, you know, you're not gonna, That's true. you know, like kayfabe, kayfabe. You gotta well, maybe like a, like a hand gesture where you're like, you know, th- two thumbs up and a side swipe. I don't know. Something. Yeah. You know, West side, something like that. <laughs> Um, yeah, real quick. It's, you know, at the end of the day, I imagine it's similar to a movie set. You know, it's not real, but shit can happen. You know, people don't pull their punches correctly. You know, Harrison Ford punches Ryan Gosling in the face, like on Blade Runner 2. Uh, I love that picture. Gosling is just like, and Ford's like. Baldwin accidentally kills somebody on set. Yeah, that's the worst case scenario. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, you got to be prepared for that shit. You know, you're 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 doing a performance. You know, you got to know your got to know your mark. You got to know your lines. You got to not actually fully punch somebody in the throat. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. You think uh, WWE like? I don't know much about how like it's place in the art world, but I assume it's not very well respected by traditional artists. Not that. Yeah. I don't think it's very respected because, but it it's a, I think it is a respectable art because they're putting in acrobatics. They're putting in actual physical strength and they're putting in comedy, which is kind of hard to do. And they do a good job, especially like the rock when the rock was on homie was hilarious. Like I watched some of those videos and you're like, Oh my Lord, these things that are coming out of their mouths. Like it's, it is good. It's just, you know, athletes hate it because they're like, it's not written. It's just, uh, they're, they're just, it's all pre-recorded. And then actors hate it because they're like, oh, well, it's just a bunch of like outlandish over the top stuff. It's its own thing. Like there's nothing really like wrestling. It's just, it's, that's also why a lot of wrestlers never they go on to be actors. They're not very good actors um, mm. because they're good at doing, re- not all of them, but like John Cena. Is John Cena a good actor? I don't think so. Um, I, I do think so. Really? Yes. See, I don't think he is. I think The Rock isn't a bad actor, but a lot of them, it's like, oh, like, look like this person, you know, like, you know, him because he was in this thing, but they have a very specific style okay. that they do as wrestlers and stuff. It's a very like, ah, like over the top, like, you know, like Vince McMahon's little yeah. like the boss persona. <laughs> the Rock is a, a very successful movie star. He's not a very good actor. John Cena pretty decent actor. Did you see the Peacemaker series? No. That's that's what got me. He okay. there's a scene with a CGI eagle that's hugging him that should be the dumbest shit in the world and I was in tears. Oh. <laughs> so and then you got like, you know, Batista who's just fucking amazing at what he does. So That's true. That yeah. is true. He's a great actor. So I think, you know, like you said it's half performance, half athleticism. I understand the athletes being a little irritated. 
But the actors need to shut the fuck up. When there's like five baby geniuses movies with John Voight, it's not sacred. So <laughs> let's just shut up about that. My God. There's so just, many terrible movies out there that like you shouldn't be mocking wrestlers for doing, frankly, better than you. <laughs> it's great. And then also, though, because WWE also, it's not just these like people. It's not just the wrestlers. They bring in celebrities to do stuff all the time. Like, uh, for example, stuff, uh, Johnny Knoxville. He was at the WrestleMania I went to. He had like a whole thing with Sami Zayn leading up to his hilarious Bad Bunny is a part of the the group right now. Like he's been doing a lot of stuff with them for the last three years. Unfortunately, so is Logan Paul. That's annoying. I hate that. I He was at WrestleMania when I was there and I was booing the ever-loving crap out of that man because he sucks. Uh, but they'll bring on like actual like big name people to it sometimes, which is pretty cool. Um, freaking, I mean, there was like a fight like a long time ago, not getting political with this, but like a long time ago when he wasn't a politician, Donald Trump had a billionaire's brawl with, with freaking like Vince McMahon and they shaved McMahon's head on the thing and Trump actually tackled him. Like they bring people like that on there and it's great. So I like the blending of like cultures. Like it's, I think it's one of those like, you either love it or you hate it. And there's like, that's what it is. You either like this is great, or like that's stupid. And there's not really. I've yet to find like a, yeah, like a lot of people that are like it's okay. Like most people are either one or the other, and that's it. And I got onto the I love this because COVID. People said we're gonna make sourdough bread. Isabel said I'm gonna watch wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I think you made the right choice. Too too many people I know did turn to the bread making route, which is weird. Like so many people I know made bread. I already bake. I'm already a baker. I don't need to keep baking more because everybody else is doing it. It made me bake less because I'm like, well, if I start posting what I'm baking still, people are going to think I'm doing it because of COVID. No. So now I watch wrestling. That's what I do now. That's my new personality. I'm going to download it. And this is going to be what I do for the next however many years that I'm still into it. My friends are amazed that I'm still into it. They're like, you're still into that? I'm like, yep. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> well, I can see, I mean, you know, I, I totally get why you love this movie now. Uh. <laughs> and there are actual luchadores in the movie. I don't know them because I don't know the, I don't know Lucha Libre, like the lore, anything behind any of the Mexican leagues. But I looked it up and a lot of the, the actors in the movie, especially like in like the Battle Jam, are actual like luchadores. Like they're actually people that fight, which is pretty cool. Ramses, like you said, was an actual luchador. Um, and he wore the gold mask once, apparently, during a thing. He actually wore like the gold Ramses outfit once. I read that the the original guy, uh, Freya Tormenta, he he's in the movie. Yeah, he was a cameo. I think I saw him. He had a mask on, and I think he was in like the corner. I could tell from his eyes, and it looked like it was him. I was like, there's and he's at the party. He's at the party whenever Nacho's singing, like I am singing at the party. Like he was there, I think, in the right hand corner. I love that. I love that. Um, Nacho Libre has an IMDb score of 5.9. Rotten Tomato score of 40%. Audience score of 55%. I hate that. Critics consensus reads, at times hilarious, but other times offensive, director Jared Hess is unable to recapture the collective charisma of his Napoleon characters, instead relying on a one-joke concept that runs out of steam. Sure to entertain the adolescents, however. 
Ouch. I am I am an adolescent then. What is the one joke? There's multiple jokes throughout that movie. What is the one joke? I need that person to elaborate. Go back to your review from 2006 and tell me what you meant by this. I assume it's that he's fat and can't actually do this. They do other jokes, like the corn. Get that corn out of my face. Like <laughs> Surprise. There's a crazy lady. <laughs> I get to lay in a bed by myself every night. It's fantastic. <laughs> I was wondering if you wanted to join me in my quarter for some toast. Like, those are good jokes. Yeah, I, I've noticed a trend on Rotten Tomatoes. They don't like comedy. They really don't. Comedy and horror, they are constantly attacking for not being worth their time, almost. Which makes me think, like, oh, you sound fun. I know. You take yourself too seriously. Yeah. Also, I feel comedies are some of the hardest things to do because comedies, people's sense of humor constantly changes. If you were to put this movie out at a different time period, it might not have been received as, you know, like, it's like when Napoleon Dynamite, like, you put that out today, I don't know if it would receive the same ha 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 as it did when it was i like to think it was but that's because i know the movie i've seen it i love it would i go see it now i don't know you know i saw these because my parents took us to see it and i'm glad that they did because they're fantastic (laughs) yeah i'm with you we see that a lot with uh, 80s comedies like there's a lot of shit in 80s comedies that would not fly today at all it would end careers overnight but you know because they exist in this bubble they're they're fair game so it is there's there's trends, there's, you know, society changes the, what our definition of what's OK and what's not constantly changes. And, you know, comedy more than any other genre suffers for that. Like this year, we're finally getting like R-rated raunchy comedies again, like No Hard Feelings and Joyride and Strays, all of which were really funny. So, like, I'm you know, I just want to laugh. I don't in the moment. I don't. I really don't care who's getting offended. I just want to laugh. That's why I appreciate South Park so much because they don't care. Like I'm Catholic. They make fun of Catholics all the time. I don't care that they do because they make fun of everybody. It's not like they're just making fun of Catholics. They make fun of everybody. And I appreciate that. And they don't care. And it's good. Like you can just laugh because you know, it's satire. It's a joke. Like that's what it is. That's why I enjoy playing games like Cards Against Humanity and Jackbox with groups that I'm really good friends with because we can joke and we know we're not being offended. We know we're not like this is not us actually. It's just funny. I don't know. That could the you know oh well humor can be whatever. Like comedy is a very difficult thing. Comedians, I think it's a very hard job because you're making fun of people people don't like to be made fun of so and it's subject it's like the most objective love story is pretty easy to do like i feel like those are pretty easy dramas you can make something dramatic and it's pretty easy to make it like oh that's dramatic but comedy because everybody has different senses of humor this one it does have a very particular sense of humor i get why people don't like it i don't care i think they're wrong (laughs) it's a great movie Comedy and horror are the two genres that are like more subjective than any other. Cause like you make an action movie, even if you didn't like it, you can't deny that it was an action movie. Same with drama, same yeah. with, you know, musicals horror. If it didn't, I've had people argue that if it didn't scare them, it's not a horror movie. Like, and comedy, if it doesn't make you laugh, is it a comedy? It's, it's weird. It's a weird, yeah. very subjective, different to everybody thing. 
And yeah, no one will ever crack that, you know, explaining what's funny is impossible. You just know it. Well, you it's like, it's funny. Exactly. Exactly. It's like with memes, you can't, ex- when you explain the joke, it's no longer funny. Joker says that he's like, it's no longer funny if you have to explain it. And he like, gets mad at Harley for us. Like, that's how it is. Like, it's not funny when you have to explain it. You just know it's funny because your body's just like, <laughs> like you just start laughing at it. That's how this whole day when I was watching this movie again, I was just laughing the whole time because it's just a funny movie. I can't tell you why it's funny that he's eating toast with Encarnacion and they're crunching really loud, but it's funny to me. I can't tell you why him like baptizing Steven and say, please let It's like, it's so funny, but it is. I, I, I don't know why I was cackling at the end of the movie when Encarnacion smiles at him sweetly and he does that weird, like kind of weird. I don't know what to do with my face. Smile. <laughs> so good <laughs> yeah i'm excited to get into it um so not so really we haven't talked about it <laughs> like we have but we haven't okay keep going yeah. i'm sorry we're, we're almost there we're almost there but we're yeah um natural libre was a modest hit grossing 99 million on a budget of 35 million so pretty good um it's currently streaming on prime video there's been talks of a sequel for a long time jack black wants to do it jared hess wants to do it no one wants to pay for it. So no studio wants to finance the sequel. So it'll probably never happen. But then again, Good Burger 2 comes out in a couple months. So you never know. <laughs> I do not want this into a sequel. Just like I don't want Napoleon Dynamite into a sequel. Leave it alone. Futurama should not have been brought back. Leave it alone. Have you that watched any of those? Thing about con- I have and I hate it. The only episode I've liked so far is the Amy and Kiff one. And that's it. And that one has been like, a, okay, like, I don't think I'd go back to rewatch it, but it was like, that one was fine. The other ones, no. If it's dead, leave it. They Comedies are the worst with that too. That's the problem. Comedies can be so hard to write. And then once one's good, they're like, oh, it was good. We got to keep making money off of it. And then they ruin it. And it's annoying because you're like, just leave it alone. Just let it be. Just let it be an only child. Just let Napoleon Dynamite just be its own thing. They made a show about it. The show was crap. Let, Na- let Natural Libre be its own thing. This almost 20 years later do not bring it back the um, yeah i have so many i hate sequels that come out decades later it no credibles too we can talk yeah that's a whole anyway keep going <laughs> i can make this i can make this episode like three hours talking about all these things yeah belated sequels suck it's it rarely works like it's you know top gun maverick for example is like the rare instance of that being a huge success and i think a pretty good movie but that's not that's that's rare most of the time it's just like everyone looks too old to be doing this no one's there for the for the movie they're all there for the check it's very blatantly a cash grab Indiana and, uh, Jones. It's mm. a ploy to millennials. That's what it is. And we as millennials slash early Gen Z people need to stop giving them money for it at all you Disney adults letting them do all the live action Disney movies. I'm calling you out. Like It's causing problems. It's ruining our culture. We can't accept anything new because we just got to keep making old stuff again. But look, don't you remember when you were seven when the movie came out? 
ha 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 we're just gonna cgi jack black to look younger again it's okay oh but it was crap but you still gave us money for it so we're gonna do a third one stop 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 it's annoying god damn uh yeah you heard it here keep doing it and she's gonna have an aneurysm (laughs) i'm gonna kill someone (laughs) uh you might get your wish because this year every time they've done that it's bombed like Indiana Jones did not do well. Uh, Little Mermaid did good, but not as good as they wanted. Huh, I wonder why. Because it's another live-action remake that probably wasn't going to do good because all the other ones have sucked. Like, Yeah. yeah. it's it's. I, I'm hoping that the trends of this year start killing some of that shit because it's time I, to... Yeah. yeah. It needs to stop. original ideas. It's worked for 100 years. Like, keep, you know rely on people's originality and creativity people will respond to it yeah like we get original movies that are that's why i think everything everywhere all at once did so good because it was an original movie the barbie movie an original movie there's no you can't be like oh it's a remake of the one from the 80s oh it's a remake from the one from 2001 nope it is its own thing and it was good Make your own thing. People can write stuff. You can do whatever you want. Get chat, GT, GP, whatever to do that. You know, they're probably doing it. Like, uh. that's the problem. That's what the writers are striking for. Like, don't do that and don't, no, rely on people. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the question Are you going to go see Barbie 2? Barbie 2? That's going to I know it's going to come out. Probably not because I don't want to support that because it's going to be crap. They're going to say, oh, look how much money we made off of the first one. Barbie Heimer, we're going to release it at another really big, like crazy documentary that Chris Nolan's going to put out. And it's going to be whatever, (laughs) some crazy Barbie Stein because it's an Einstein movie now because that's the (laughs) sequel or that's the prequel to Oppenheimer. Oh, my God. No, just like with Joker, I'm not going to go see the newest one because I think it's stupid. They shouldn't make another Joker. I don't care that Lady Gaga is in it. No. So so you were just against sequels across the board? No, I'm against sequels if there's no reason for there to be a sequel. Joker did not end in a way that was like, I wonder what happens next. That was a good standalone thing. I understand like superhero films. You can keep having superhero things going on. I don't give a shit what Barbie's going to do as a human now. She's not Barbie anymore. I don't care. Like the story ended. It was a good da-da, but they leave it now. I feel these movies do that. They leave it in the, if it does good enough, well, we left this little string at the end that we can just, (laughs) and we'll just go down this whole rabbit hole. And that's what every movie's doing now. I think not every movie deserves a sequel some of them do but not everyone does that's how i feel about that and i yeah it's just especially i don't know it's like i felt barbie was a good standalone film i don't feel it needs a sequel unless they did it like an anthology where we follow a different barbie it's a different character we're not doing margot robbie anymore because they said there are multiple barbies so let's see what a different barbie does let's see what a different ken does okay Maybe I'll go off of that. But what is Margot Robbie doing with a vagina now? Oh, she just got out of her gynecological exam. How are the Kens doing in the misogyny or the, you know, in their no longer misogynistic society? I don't, I don't think she, I don't think she, does she, does she have genitals now? Like she was getting a gynecological exam. That was the end of the, that was the end of the movie. But how did she become human? Shouldn't she? Because just... the 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 Barbie maker was like, 
are you sure you want this? I have the power to turn you into a human. And then she shows her the wonderful things about life. And they didn't show her any of the bad things about life. So Barbie said, yeah, I want to be a human because I see all the happy things. You didn't show me any of the bad stuff, like genocide and human suffering. Sure. And then she goes up there. She's like, I'm here for a gynecological exam. You're not going to get that if you're a Barbie. You're going to get that because you're a human now. She a person. I just assumed it was a mental switch, not an actual physical transformation. Okay, that's my bad. I assumed yeah. it was going to be like the doctor was going to go in there and there's nothing there and he was going to freak the fuck out. But, you know, whatever. No, she a person we'll find now. Out yeah, Barbie I was, too, asked her, are you sure you want this? And she was all like, mm-hmm. yeah. And then I'm here for a gynecological exam. And they were like, ah, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> we don't need another one. We don't need to know what happened. Barbie, get STDs now. Oh, no. Like, I don't want to know. Oh, no. And that was, again, Yeah. <laughs> Don't make a Nacho Libre 2. Anybody that listens to this, if you're a part of the Nacho Libre 2 fan base, stop. It's time to stop. We're not doing it. You need to stop. Get some other movies. If we're going to make prequels to things, pick something else. If we're going to make sequels, pick something else. Like like Violent Night. Let's get a prequel to Violent Night. That's what I want. I want to see how Santa Claus became Santa Claus. That dude shredded. Like... I want that. Yeah, I th- we will probably get that. We better get that because that one, they have a very interesting story plot that they could. Okay, it's okay if they don't. It's okay if they don't. They don't need to. But if they're if we're just going to start pooping out crappy sequels and prequels to things, there's an interesting storyline. How does a Norse dude become Santa? I want to well- watch that. As of August 9th, uh, the director and David Harbour have both said that, yes, it's in development. So yes, they are yes, they are making yes, Violent yes, Night 2. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Anyway. Yeah. Well, now I know what movie we have to talk about at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now let's look at the true story of Sergio Gutierrez Benitez, the guy who inspired Nacho Libre. What do you got for us? Oh, shoot. I forgot we're doing a fake true stories. We're not just talking about wrestling and stuff. Um, hold on, I gotta find. I gotta find where it's at in my notes. Got like three <laughs> pages of notes here. Yes. So, Sergio Gutierrez Benitez, aka Frey Tormenta, which means Friar Storm, um, was a luchador for 23 years, I believe, um, in Mexico. He actually um, started off, it wasn't just like a random like, oh, like I'm going to become a wrestler who makes money for an orphanage. He was actually inspired by comic books that, not comic books, it was TV shows that he was watching, El Señor Tormenta and Tormenta and El Ring, um, which were about a priest who worked secretly as a wrestler to support orphans. It was two Mexican films from the 1960s. So he was inspired by that, uh, but he had like a really rough life growing up. So there's a reason why he wants to support these children. Children. Um, according to some articles that I read, I couldn't find like any um, like, you know, autobiographies. Apparently, a lot of things say his story is constantly changing mm. um, about what he's done because he's old, like he's still alive. He's 70. He's in his 80s now, if not older than that. Um, but by the age of nine, he was already a part of a gang and addicted to drugs to give yeah. you an idea. And that's a nine year old to give people context in the audience who are like, what does that mean? Imagine a third grader in a gang and addicted to drugs. That's how old that he was. Um, so his family moved to Mexico city after his uncle was murdered. Um, 
And while he was like growing up in Mexico City, he was actually a paleta salesman, which is ice cream um, and also a pencil maker. And by 20, he realized like my life is not going very good. So he went to confession and actually told the priest, like, I'm a drug addict. I need help. And the priest, I kid you not, was like, this isn't a rehab center, took him out of the confessional and threw him out on the street. So then he went further into drugs and was like, dang, like my life ain't good. So he once again actually went back to the church, but he didn't go to confession. He was like, you know what? Like, I've always been interested in like being uh, being a priest. So he went to join the uh pirist order which is the oldest religious order focused on education it is a poverty order of monks so they live off of a poverty basis they don't make like a livable salary or anything it's like it's poverty level uh primarily educating poor children that is their job they they're religious you know catholic order of monks and friars that educate poor kids they have a lot of successes actually especially with special education um so much so that european public schools actually base a lot of their teachings not off of like the curriculum but off of the structures of these schools that the friars put on because it's so successful, just to give you an idea for that. Um, so he actually went to, to become ordained. He traveled around. Um, and then one day when he was leaving his parish, because eventually he was put in um, Veracruz, he was in a parish there. Um, he wasn't at the cathedral in Veracruz. He was in a really like poor kind of slummy area in the in the barrios. And he was primarily ministering to prostitutes, drug addicts, gang members who actually beat him up and were like, we don't want clergymen here. We don't like you. And he was like, dang, like, this is really difficult, you know, kind of a thing. And one day when he was leaving mass, he actually found a dude ODing and he was dying. So he was rushing him to the hospital. And while he was taking him there, he gave him his, I think last, I don't know if it was last rites and his last confession, but he for sure heard his last confession, which he wasn't supposed to do because he wasn't ordained yet. Um, but he felt like he wanted to do that for this guy because he was, he was about to die. Um, and three days later he was ordained and became, he, he took his vows and became a priest and he chose to stay at that really raunchy parish rather than waiting to go to the cathedral because he figured they needed more help than other places um it was pretty soon after that that he started to um jump into wrestling um because he started to take in kids he was like you know what like i'm a part of this this order now i want to educate our orphans and kids that need help this is a rough area i'm going to start taking them in to to care for them um but they weren't able to find a permanent place to stay and create an orphanage. They started moving around the country and then they finally settled in Texcoco, but they found a place to settle. But the local diocese was like, we're not paying for an orphanage. We don't have the money. So he was like, bet. And that's whenever he started to wrestle. So he started to wrestle and all the money that he was earning, he was putting into the orphanage. He put on his mask, which was gold and yellow, which he claims actually has meetings. Um, he says the yellow or the gold is for the liveliness that Fray Tormenta must display in the ring. And the red is for the blood that Fray Tormenta must spill on behalf of his orphanage. Um, so that's why he wears those colors. And actually the bishop of his diocese was like, yo, you got to stop that. That's not, it's not kosher, bro. And he was like, you going to give me money for the orphanage? And he was like, uh, and he's like, I'm going to keep doing it. I'll stop until you give me money. So he kept wrestling. Um, he became very popular because Mexico is the biggest Catholic country in the world. Fun fact, even more than Italy. Um, so a lot of the, the luchadors are actually Catholic. So they were asking him to like bless him before their fights and they, he'd baptize kids and all that. Um, which was really crazy. He got a pretty big following. He did this for 23 years. Um, and he continued to live in poverty 
property throughout all of this. He was making money, like a good amount of money as a wrestler, but all of the money he won, he put it into the orphanage. He served the orphans that he worked for. Uh, he sold his life rights twice, according to an article that I read. Once was for a 1991 movie called The Man in the Golden Mask. And then for Nacho Libre, he sold his life rights for it. And that he made a cameo appearance and he gave all of that money from both of those movies to build two orphanages. So he has one in Hidalgo and the other one is in Texcoco. So he has two. I think he served over 2,000 kids in this time, he's helped 2,000 kids go through, um, he calls them his cubs, which is adorable. And some of them have become doctors. Others have become teachers. Some are accountants, computer technicians, lawyers, a priest, and about 20 wrestlers. So there, he's had wrestlers from this. And one of the kids actually has taken on the mantle as Fred Tormenta Jr. So because he was doing this, he was doing a good job. He's retired now. He's really old. He's still, he's still a priest. He's still active. Um, one of his former students, we don't know who it is took on this persona. So now there's another Fred Tormenta Jr. that's going through. He has the mask on. He's wearing it. And we don't know who it is because that's a big part of luchador culture is the mask. You wear the mask. You yeah. don't take it off. We didn't know what Fred Tormenta looked like until not not very long ago, actually. I'm pretty sure. Uh, or no, we did. It's not him. I'm sorry. It's another wrestler that was really popular. Um, shoot what's his name santo santo is a really popular luchador we didn't know what he looked like for years until he almost died like that's just an example the masks are really vital to this you don't have to wear a mask but it's a big thing to keep that animosity it's what people really like are drawn to with the sport even in wwe there are wrestlers that are from mexico that wear luchador masks Rey mysterio wears one we know what he looks like but he has one on he's been the mask before but there are others like grand metalik or lince dorado that wear them and I don't know what they look like in real life. They'll post pictures on Instagram with their mask off, but it's like their, their neck down. Um, it's, it's a very, very serious cultural thing. In fact, some people are even buried with their masks on, including Santo. He was buried with it on. And then his son, um, which is, I think just Santo junior or something like that, or no, it's hijo del Santo. So it's the son of, of the saint or whatever. He also, is a wrestler and is wearing a mask. And apparently when he was getting divorced from his wife, his wife posted pictures of him and was like, this is what he looks like as like a backlash to get at him. And his lawyers immediately were like, that's not him. Nope. That's not him. <laughs> that's not him. So it's super serious. Like it's super serious. Um, and that's been going on since wrestling in Mexico really started. And that has its origins in the 1900s. It's been a very long running thing. Um, Though it has like dates as far back as 1863, I think is the earliest I could find, but it started with some Italian guys that came to Mexico um, and they brought in like the Greco-Roman or they brought in um, a spinoff of a Greco-Roman wrestling where it was free fighting, which is why it's called Lucha Libre. It's free fight. Um, so you don't have the protections. You, you can use your feet. You can use your hands. You don't have any sort of weapons. Um yeah, and it was really popular at the beginning. And then the father of Lucha Libre, Salvador Luterov Gonzalez, um, was from Mexico. He was living in El Paso watching U.S. wrestling. He was like, hmm, I want to bring this to Mexico. Brought it there, and boom, like it became a thing. And actually, the organization that he founded, which was Empresa Mexicana de Lucha Libre, nowadays known as Consejo uh, Mundial de Lucha Libre, or the World Wrestling Council, is the longest-running pro wrestling-like group in the world it's been going on the longest and it's one of many circuits wwe is a circuit uh pro uh, 
uh, on Japan circuit. Japan has a big wrestling scene. America has a big wrestling scene and Mexico does. And they all kind of go around. Ramsey's the guy that in the movie, um, the silver King, he was on some of the Japanese wrestling circuits for a bit. He died in London while he was doing national or international tours. Um, but Lucha Libre is definitely different than WWE American style wrestling. Our wrestlers are a lot bigger. Um, it's more focused on like, look at this big ass dude. Like that's kind of what ours are. And they just go in like power strength. Lucha Libre is very much acrobatics. They're flying off the ropes. They're smaller dudes because we Hispanics are small. That's just how it is. Um, and you see that actually a lot with Lucha Libre wrestlers who have come to the WWE circuit, like Ray Mysterio, for example, um, one of his signature moves is called the 619, which is he like grabs the two ropes and he swings through them to kick somebody. So he like does like a parallel thing to the ground and kicks people. And then Grand Metalik at some point in Lynch Dorado, when they were on WWE, they were really big on like walking, literally walking on the ropes and like doing acrobatic like flies off the top and very like high flying stuff. That's what they do more in Mexico. They don't do as much of the like, look at that big, look, at it's Andre the giant. Like, that's not as much down there, but they do have similar stuff too, with like the face and the heels, which for non-wrestling people, there's like a good guy and a bad guy in America. The face is who people usually root for. The heels are who you don't root for. It's kind of different in Mexico. They have the, da, 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 gotta find what they're called. I don't remember what they're called. Oh, the rulos, which are the rule breakers and the ten, tec- Technicos, which are the rule followers, typically people apparently go for the rudos because it's more fun to be like, yeah, we're going to go against the side of rules just because they have a different cultural stuff going on, different political scene, um, which is bananas. But yeah, as of 2016, a stat did tell me that lucha luchadores in Mexico only make about 25,000 pesos per fight, um, which is very low to give you guys a understanding of that. So it's not as much as some of the, the WWE wrestlers you're making, which is millions, but you know, it's still cool. They're getting about 1400 per fight just to give people an idea of American money. That's vicious. Um, that's, <clears throat> that's so wild. The culture of this is so specific. And so there's so many different facets to it. I love so the guy, um, uh, Sergio, him getting kicked out of the church had me laughing my ass off. I mean, that's just, I don't know why I find that so hilarious. Just him being like, I'm a drug addict, I'm not, I'm a drug addict and I need help. And he's like, this isn't rehab. Get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> I mean, that's how, especially like in the time he was growing up in like the, you know, the 1930s and stuff. Absolutely. Like that's absolutely would be going on the 1940s 50s um old school catholic especially hispanic catholics very devout very you know like do all like depression and all oh, it doesn't exist you know like like ah, that does not surprise me at all that a mexican priest was all like this ain't no rehab get out of here and just kicked him out which is so sad because that's you know like that's not what you would expect to happen but it makes that doesn't shock me for, for the culture or anything like that. But the fact that he chose to go back and still fight and still become a priest so he can serve that community is very admirable to me. Um, like I said, 
he's still a priest. He still wear occasionally wear the mask. He was giving like mass in the mask. He was doing like imagine like going to mass and like the priest comes out in the luchador mask. Like he was doing that, which is really cool. There are pictures of him in it, like holding up like the body of Christ and like you know consecrating the Eucharist, and it's great. I just I just had a so in my mind what just flashed with that was you're going to you're going to church you know it's like i don't know christmas morning or whatever and you know they're like the 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 priest has a hype man and he's like ladies and gentlemen like you know the father or something and out comes fucking ultimate warrior and he's like (laughs) he's like you know doing that weird thing he did with the ropes and stuff and he's just like like coked out of his mind like you're ready to talk about christ like just nuts i would be at church every single day if it was like that i'd be the most devout catholic on the on the planet if it was fucking ultimate warrior leading mass (laughs) (laughs) i love that he he did that though balancing that kind of life and it's weird like you know you hear that story i don't immediately think oh well if they're gonna make a movie cast jack black no like no. this sounds like, like a I really said, good, like possible Oscar-winning drama here that you could make. You could make it not a comedy. The I like the comedy, and that's okay. So the one thing I really historical standpoint. This is not Isabel being about the. I love the movie, obviously, but from the the fake true stories thing, obviously not really very fake. It's not the story of what happened. However, comma they don't use his name. Nacho is not. If they had said, this is Fred Tormenta and this, no, that would have been awful because they're, they're ruining his story. It's based off of it. I appreciate the base. And we've talked about that before. That's why I appreciate a league of their own because it's fake characters that are going through this historical event. It's a fake wrestler that's experiencing something that kind of loosely based off of what happened, um, and I appreciate that because they're not butchering this real story like 300 did. You know, it's not butchering or like, you know, Braveheart you're using or Pocahontas. You're using the real characters. You better tell the story the correct way. Or if you're going to have some sort of little, you know, blah, blah, blah. Don't make it so outlandish that people are going to walk away thinking, oh, I guess Pocahontas really was a 20 something year old. I guess the lost colony of Roanoke, I'm going to dunk on the lost colony play again because I hate it so much. really did do these kind of things. Like, no, no, do not. And that's what I like. This movie historically did a good job on that is they did not use any real, real characters. It was just uh, here. Here's a fan fiction version of what happened. And it was great. And because of it, you're able to like when you learn, oh, it was based anybody who's listening to this that didn't know this was based off a true story. Now you learn about it and you can get a better appreciation for the movie and who inspired it, because this guy is really cool in what he did. He's really, you know, what it's those it's those cool stories that people really like to hear. It's a it's a nice feel good story that has a lot of hurt in it because it's not a happy story that he started out with. It was very hard for him to get to where he was, but he took a bad situation and made it into good things. Similar to Nacho, you know, his family died. He was been in this, in this monastery forever, bad situation, turned it into a good thing. The one thing that is very accurate about this movie that has, I've read multiple times in all of these different articles is the portrayal Jack Black does and how much the character loves the kids and is doing this for the kids is 100% accurate for what um, 
Benitez does father father Benitez um that is exactly everybody says he does it for the kids he loves the kids that's why he did it he had a you know in in his heart that's why he's doing it and you can tell it's what Nacho's doing too like he's doing it because of the kids and it's so wholesome like from like my little teaching aspect it's oh like that's so cute it's precious but also Jack Black <laughs> Do you think that this movie is far enough removed from the true story that they technically didn't need to purchase his like story rights? I would say, yeah. Hmm. I would say, yeah, because it's, it's not really at all. Cause Nacho grew up here for, you know, um, father Sergio didn't grow up in the parish so he wasn't already a monk, already working with orphans. He brought in the orphans himself. He didn't have that love arc because he's a priest. Like traditionally, you don't do that. Though it does happen, you know. There's there's some there's outliers everywhere. Um, like you didn't have that. Um, it wasn't that fast of a thing. And also, it's wrestling. The movie has it where Nacho legitimately he wins. It's wrestling. Lucha Libre is the same thing as WWE. It's staged. It's staged. So all of that, him like I'm not winning. Um, you could say it's because he's lower. He's a, he's not yet a fully loved person. So they're not going to let him win those fights. He has to keep losing before he has that. I won. It makes us feel like he actually won physically, but from my like wrestling fan background, that's them trying to, they give him that pop so that he's now the fan favorite. So that's why he beat Ramses. It's like whenever, whoever beats Roman Reigns, it's going to be a Nacho Libre story. So I was really hoping it was going to be Sami Zayn, but it wasn't. That was really sad. Anyway, <laughs> I always uh, assumed in this movie's universe, like the wrestling is real. Yeah, it seems like it is because they're freaking out. They're like legitimately freaking out whenever they come out. And, you know, the I mean, <laughs> like, I mean Stephen's literally <laughs> getting his hair ripped out of his head. I look hideous. You let them treat me like that. <laughs> Summon your equal powers. What do you think I'm doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a, it's legit but it, yeah so that's not real or any of that um but it's great like it's still i like i didn't know honestly this was based off of a true story until pr relatively recently before i picked it i knew but it was within the last year that i think i learned this was based off of a true story which was fun so that's why i was excited and i was like can we do not show <laughs> Nice. Yeah, totally. I want to look into more comedies and see like, cause there's a couple comedies that have their roots in real stories that you wouldn't think like there's a movie called 30 minutes or less from 2011 that I would mm -hmm. love to do here because it is a comedy that is based on a fucking psychotic tragedy. Oh, like a pizza delivery guy, a, somebody strapped a bomb to him and tried to rob a bank and the bomb went off, I think, and killed the guy. I think. And then they made a movie about him where like it's Jesse Eisenberg and they're all goofy and they're like, I got a bomb, but we got to deliver this pizza. So not not great. Not a great idea. <laughs> At least this story is like it. they both end on good notes. Nacho helps the orphanage. Yeah. Father Sergio helps the orphanage. Like... But I would love to know the, like, the process there. Like, How do you take a story that even like, you know, Benitez's story is not exactly comedy. It's very, there's some tragedy in there. It's inspirational. But how do you, like, at what point does that evolve into Nacho Libre? Where does the pizza yeah. bomber thing evolve into 30 minutes or less? 
Yeah. Like, there's got to be a moment there where they're like, hey, what if this was funny? And then people just ran with it. Like, maybe. <laughs> but that's for a diff- that's another podcast down the road because I've always wanted to look into that one specifically because like people died. <laughs> why are we? Why do you make this into a into like a Judd Apatow comedy? Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's give some awards to Nacho Libre. Let's start with the best line of the film. I imagine there's going to be some some options here. There's so many. I, I can't pick any, so I just pick the one that I think. I laughed at like the most, which is the, I already quoted already is how did you find me here? I saw you from the village. Hola Nacho. (laughs) (laughs) After the whole montage of him, like surviving in the desert, like he's trying to, he makes a little fire and the little like thatched, the little twig hut. And he like chops off the, the cactus with Chancho's mother's lucky machete. (laughs) Oh, that show. They're right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a that's a good one. Um, I ended up going with I don't know why this made me laugh so much. It was just the exchange or the delivery. It was right after he gets mugged by Steven and he steals the chips and he's delivering like, you know, he's putting out breakfast or lunch. And one of the priests goes, where are the chips? And he goes, somebody stole them. And the guy goes. <laughs> Did you not tell them they were the Lord's chips? I don't, I don't know why that killed me, but it did. We quote that too. My mom calls tortilla chips the Lord's chips. <laughs> did you not tell them they were the Lord's chips? Well, I tried to, but you are useless and nuts. See, I can quote this movie, man. <laughs> I love the follow-up. That one guy who's just like, this is the worst lunch. I've ever had. <laughs> this is the worst lunch I have ever had. Do you not realize I have had diarrhea since Easter? <laughs> Maybe I'm not meant for these duties. <laughs> Dead guy duties. <laughs> Maybe it's time for me to get a better duty. I am. I am. <laughs> Fuck yeah, that was impressive. Um, I'm telling you, one, I know this movie. Like, <laughs> I love that. One line I almost went with. It also just made me laugh, and I didn't expect to hear it in a PG movie. Was right after Ramses refuses to take the picture, and like, um. Ignacio is kind of complaining about Ramses and he says something like, I used to look up to Ramses, but it turns out he's a real douche. <laughs> he's a real douche. <laughs> I like that scene when they see Ramses and they're like, the the children with like a picture. The, and then he looks back at the kids and that one kid is just like smiling <laughs> like that in the background. <laughs> <laughs> And that is a crazy lady. Like <laughs> a chipmunk nest. <laughs> Speaking of, wait, 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 wait. Okay, before we keep doing the the awards, okay? Yeah. One time I was at mass, right? Okay, I was at mass and we had a seminarian actually there helping with church. And a seminarian, for those that don't know, is like a guy that's or becoming, he's he's training to become a priest. Becoming a priest is a very long process. It's years. You don't just like, I want to be a priest. Ta-da. Like it's like over seven years, if not up to 11 years of work. So this guy's been in the seminary for a bit and he came in to talk about it just to try and get some more, you know, trying to see if anybody would be interested in possibly, you know, discerning and becoming a priest because it's, it's getting harder and harder to get young guys to do it. So anyway, um, he was there and he was talking about it. So he was coming up and telling everybody this story about what it's like and homie i kid you not in this church says 
being a seminarian is awesome. Every day I wake up and I make soup. <laughs> it's the best. I was like, ah! He just quoted naturally right in the trash. All the young people were dying and all the old people were like, what is this? I'm like, you just quoted naturally. I was really hoping he was going to say, I wake up in a bed alone <laughs> all of my life. <laughs> It's fantastic. I was hoping you'd continue. <laughs> he said the soup. And I called my cousin. I told you, my cousin and I call each other about this movie. I called her as soon as mass was over. And I was like, Primo, guess what this priest just said to us? He wakes up and he makes soup. And <laughs> it's the best. She's not practicing anymore, but she thought that was great. I'm like, it's the best. I called her. I called my grandma. I called my parents. I called my other cousin. That is how much we love this movie. I just had to say, I make soup. It's the best. And everybody knows where it's from. We all know this is a good movie. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. Oh, my God. That's great. But I love that people, you know, religious people can, you know, for lack of a better term, take the stick out of their ass and enjoy this one sometimes. <laughs> That's great. We had, I, I've been to some comedy routines at church where the priest is just up there just like, da-da, 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 and you're like, what? <laughs> it's great. Oh, all right, great. Yeah, there's a lot of great lines in this movie. Ooh, my face hurts. I'm laughing so hard. Um, music moment. Where are we going with that? This one's hard because there's there's some good like you know the very opening song is fantastic I love that um, and then when he's in the wilderness and it's like the like kind of pan flu and it's the same you know whatever I picked though my favorite music moment is actually the very end when Ramses has his foot on him and he's like dang and then he looks up and he sees Encarnacion and the kids yeah. coming in and then it comes back into the I am I am like it's just such an epic like yeah and everybody's like cheering it's such a feel-good moment it's awesome the music comes in it brings back the first song and it's just like yeah you know and it's I I love it and yeah that's my favorite music moment there's so many but that, that's got to be my favorite. Mine too. I picked the same thing. Yeah. That's, I love, my favorite part is when Ramsey's like turns around and sees Nacho getting like ready to dive into the crowd and he like freaks out and tries to like scramble away. <laughs> yeah. It's a great, it's, it's the Rocky moment of the movie. Uh, it is. Yeah. It's, it's great. I, I also, I almost went with the like just, no, I'm singing at the party. So I... <laughs> you could have also done the Encarnacion song. <laughs> I can sing that whole one too. I oh can sing God. that one. I can sing, I'm singing at the party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love when he just randomly, like when Jack Black shines through with like shines through with like, you know, the zip bip, 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 bip thing he always does. Like, like there's Jack Black. <laughs> Yeah, it's, this is a delightful. I'm gonna buy this. <laughs> it's free on YouTube right now. I watched it on Prime. It was it was free there too. But I I enjoyed this. I want this in my collection. Uh, it's great performance. Jack I, I mean, yeah, obviously, Jack, Jack Black. Black. I'm sorry, like I don't usually like to pick the main actor. 
Jack Black. Jack Black makes this movie. It is so good. I love his accent. I don't give a shit if anybody thinks it's offensive. I love it. Like, it is fantastic. It is a good movie. He's a fan. He's hilarious. His character. And then he has really good chemistry with, I can't remember who plays Steven, but Escaleto, like, they have good chemistry together and they feed off of each other really well. Just the awkwardness of Steven and Jack Black. It's, oh. Hector Jimenez. That's the yes. guy who plays Steven. Um, yeah, I I think they're great together. Um, I was not expecting to see Peter Stamare in this. Uh he he plays the uh like the guy who tells him to go eat the eagle. Definitely. Yeah. The power of the eagle. <laughs> he wears boots to go up and climb. He's got his boots and his slacks. That's for you, Prima. He has his boots on. When he just like cracks open the egg and just like just like, slurping it up, <laughs> oh my god! <clears throat> okay, best scene. What is the best scene of the movie? This one is also very hard because I love so many, but I'm going to go back to my favorite musical moment when he's flying towards Ramses. I have always laughed my ass off on how far he just knew. <laughs> Eagle powers. Eagle powers. Yeah, the eagle. It's not an eagle noise. It's a red-tailed hawk. But like the ah, like when he's flying, and then the wholesome moment when all the kids are so excited because he won, and everyone, yay! It's just like you. (laughs) Forgot about because I was trying to figure it. I was like, what is? And then I was getting towards that part, like. That's it. I forgot. <laughs> and the camera angle, the my favorite specific part of it, the camera angle where you see him go to the side. It's like a side profile. Of it. <laughs> we used to rewind that when we were kids and watch it again and again and again. Just because he goes so far. He does. He gets some air. That was great. Uh. <laughs> I mine happened very early on. It was the mo- like it was a moment that I was I had to pause. I was laughing so hard. It's when <laughs> Ignacio is sent to de- to to this house to deliver the last rites. Where is he? <laughs> oh my god! He puts the the coins on his eyes, which is I don't think that's a Mexican. Is that a Mexican thing? I thought that was Greek. I don't know. I don't actually know. If I were to ask my grandmother, she said, Mijo, this we're not those kinds of Mexicans. <laughs> she would say, we don't do that. Just like we don't put chamoy on fruit. Some places do it, I think. Others don't. Um, <laughs> my cousin and I go that way too. She'll call me again and she'll be like, Prima, my wife, or I was married to a beautiful woman and I had what? Like a collection, collection of Russian 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 <laughs> May he rest in peace. <laughs> well, he's doing this thing with the, like, he puts the, the, tablecloth like over his face and then he's like just you know praying with her and then the guy just reaches up and, the bucket, and he just looks up <gasps> it's that immediate just, holy sh- i was i was dying just the <gasps> that was the best shock scream i've ever heard in my life <laughs> i mean if you thought somebody was dead you look over and they're moving that's exactly the noise you're gonna make <laughs> Homie looks so like, hmm. like what? Oh my god! Uh, yeah, I was. That was my easily my favorite moment of the movie. 
I had another friend that would always quote, I hate all the orphans. And he's trying to get mad at me. So they get to my face. I hate them. <laughs> Yo, this movie, I'm telling you, this one and then Napoleon Dynamite. Like, he doesn't need to make more movies. He has two bangers and they're good in my book. And that's what matters. Fair enough. Yeah, he did. He made his mark on comedy and then kind of bounced. Said I am out. <laughs> Shit. Oh, all right. Well, that was really fun. Um, to end this episode, let's take a look at what Letterboxd has to say on our final segment, What's in the Box? What's in the fucking box? What's in the box? <laughs> Tell us. And then remember, you got to add the punching through a box noise. I require that. <laughs> I, I'm going to keep Brad Pitt screaming about the box. I, I, I love that. I didn't think I was going to be able to make that work, but it's it's worked pretty well. <laughs> Nacho Libre has a 3.1 out of 5 on Letterboxd, which is better than I expected. Than I... It should be a 5. I, I don't know about 5. I don't know about five. <laughs> it's funny, but 5, that's that's pushing it. There is no 5 on Letterboxd. Like, well, then 4.9. <laughs> above average above what you can get <laughs> i have four reviews here uh a mixture of good and bad i usually go straight for just the negative stuff because that's those are the funniest especially when it's like a revered movie and people are just like you know the godfather fuck that shit like i love those because those people are usually crazy <laughs> but here i the negative ones were just too most of it were just like this dumb so you can't work with, with that. So I went with these. Uh, this first one's from Ray Vileja. Jack Black, our finest Mexican actor. Four stars. Sounds <laughs> <That was> good. <laughs> I, yeah. And I, I like the explanation of, you know, he's half Scandinavian and he was raised in Mexico. That yeah. is a perfectly acceptable reason for me to not, you know, because I wrote a whole thesis in grad school about Hispanic representation in film, and I felt like I was, you know, I felt like I should hate this. Like, why, why don't, why doesn't this bother you? That's why. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Honestly, the, I'm sorry. Even if they didn't have that, I would not care, and most Hispanics probably would not care because we're like, it's a good movie. <laughs> I guess not. It's our culture. <laughs> Most of those, like most of that offense comes from white people trying to be, you know, the most woke person in the room. And that that's not helping anybody. I <sighs> don't have to be offended for me. No. Um, this is from Dan. Yeah, this is from Dan Ranza. Actually, exactly what we were just talking about. If another gringo or non-Latino tries explaining to me, a Latino, how this movie is racist, I'm going to pop a full metal jacket in their skull. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you Dan <laughs> I agree <laughs> that's who loves it it's the Hispanics that love this movie <laughs> except for my cousins in El Paso they did not think this was funny Not they didn't think it was offensive they just were like we don't get the humor which mm -hmm. sucks because it's a good movie I can understand that yeah I have family members who when I told them I was doing Nacho Libre they were like why <laughs> Good movie. Uh, this one's from Jose. 
I actually yelled when Jack Black threw that corn on the ground. Two and a half stars. <laughs> Escaletos face. Get that corn out of my face. <laughs> Brother, and I do that too. <laughs> Someone put something in our face. Get that corn out of my face. This was the first time I ever saw corn like that. Like, I didn't know you could do that to corn. You've never seen elotes before? Not when I saw that. Like, I mean, you know, the first time I saw this, not recently. Yeah. But like when I was a kid and I saw this, oh. I just thought oh. you know, oh, corn okay, on the yeah. cob made in like, you know, boiled on the on the stove because I was raised by white people. <laughs> so I, I just thought that was what you did with corn. But then I'm like, you could you could do magical things with corn. Elotes, which is just corn, but if you say elotes, people know you're talking about putting well, because elote means corn, but like they know that you're putting like crema on it, lime, tajin, probably I put tajin on it, or mm-hmm. just chili and yeah. queso fresco. Mwah! It is so good. I used to, I hated corn forever until last year when I came to North Carolina. I said, This food here sucks. And for some reason, my taste buds were like, I want some of that corn. <laughs> I mean, send me a piece of that corn for later. Like, <laughs> I wanted that really bad. I started eating it. It's really good. Um, yeah, I would be pissed too if someone brought me an elote and then slapped it on the ground. Like, I know this is going to sound weird and unbelievable, but Chili's has an amazing elote. You know, I also really like chili salsa, so I can't. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't be shocked by that. I don't like to give chains like, you know, food spotlights, but I don't know. They are they are fucking rocking that corn. They really are. Yeah. In fact, tomorrow I will probably be over there having some corn. Because now it's on my mind. <laughs> uh, this last one's from Todd Hill. Sometimes, perhaps when we least expect it, fortune compels us to wear the stretchy pants. And sometimes when life gets really tough, we must strap on the red booties too. I have to express admiration for this throwaway comedy's decision to shoot primarily in Mexico with a virtually all Mexican cast, apart from Jack Black. It seems odd, therefore, that there is so much in this film that is demeaning and offensive to Mexicans. Nevertheless, this is a very strange review. This guy goes all over the place. Nevertheless, the movie has its moments. I'm recalling, for instance, a quiet interlude when Nacho and Escaleto are seen preparing for yet another wrestling match. Nacho leaning against the toilet stall and extending his ample belly while Escaleto smiles, exposing his crooked teeth. I become emotional just thinking about it. Two and a half stars. I don't like that. I don't like that movie at all. I don't know what the hell he's tr- like. Did he like this? Did he not like this? What is what? What According is he? Just two and a half stars. He didn't. But can't offensive. Yeah. Also, just in case you're wondering, uh, he is white. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. There's not a lot of brown people with the name Todd. Todd. Yeah, just throwing that out there. Call me. Yeah, say it's racist as much as you want. You find me a brown Todd, and I'll stop saying that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was fun. Uh, this is a three and a half out of five stars for me. Uh, it's a five out of five for you. Five out of five. Well, it's on my it's on my tens list. If I ever start actually reviewing things to get on the tens list. <laughs> this I, think, I think you should. I think I'd I'd love to hear your thoughts on on random shit that you just watched in your spare time. I, I think that would be really cool. It's fun. 
I have a lot of opinions about things and it's great. I know. I'm yeah, I'm I'm scared to tell you about like any sequels coming out. <laughs> yeah, y'all heard that. Y'all heard I'll bite someone's I wish all of the directors making sequels to movies that don't deserve sequel sequels. I hope they never get delicious french fries with their orders ever again. They're always gonna be soggy and gross. That is what I wish upon them. That is how much I don't like them. Wow. I mean May your French fries always be soggy and limp. Straight to DEFCON 1, huh? Like, no... Wow, that was that's harsh. You can't take back that kind of insult. No, that's how I feel. Come at me. If you think I'm wrong, donate money to the podcast to spite me. Love that. Yeah. Also, offer still up there. If you donate money to the podcast, I'll send you a postcard from North Carolina. Awesome. I just realized we went this entire podcast without talking about Escalato throwing a fucking piece of corn through a guy's eye socket. <laughs> the guy's eye. <laughs> and then the chick that has the secret tunnels. That creeped me out. I don't know why that creeped me out, but it creeped me out. Her like waddling t- through the tunnel. <laughs> like, Jesus, that's, that's, that's nightmarish. y'all that dude two out of 2.5 you suck (laughs) i hope you just get burnt fries that's what you should get i hope you get corn in the face corn in the face a corn in the eye for you (laughs) this was pg this was produced by nickelodeon how did they get away with that that's the worst part in that whole movie is that because you see it it doesn't just click it's it's there for a good couple of seconds you're like I knew it was coming, so I just turned away. So I'm gonna look at my my other screen while this is gonna happen. I had on this watch, I had a feeling that was gonna happen. Like I had a vague memory of seeing that before, but I was also like, "This is PG Nickelodeon. There's no way." And then it happens, and I'm just like, "Wow!" And then it's never brought up again. There's no repercussions. It's just Jesus. This is a lawless dude wasteland. Just gets corn and I. Um, we also didn't talk about the Battle Jam and the dude named El Chino. And the dude named El Snowflake. <laughs> we didn't talk about them. I love that. All those dudes, like I said, were wrestlers, though. But the the kid stealing the bread from Silencio. Uh-huh. I love that. Like this. And Stephen coming to a "I need to be nice to orphans" moment, and ran over Silencio's foot to help the orphan get his bread. <laughs> also, the dude in the battle jam with the chair. See that thing. Oh my god, I was dying. And then El Snowflake just doing all like the like dancing moves and just kicking. (laughs) I also like the scene honorable mention. Uh, the like the montage of them fighting different groups so like they fight like the dudes of like the belts uh mr loco that song or whatever mr loco eagle man or whatever and they like yeah they after you have the eagle powers that whole thing i love that montage too where they're fighting the different groups and just getting their like asses handed to them (laughs) (laughs) and escaleto just keeps getting his hair ripped out (laughs) oh Damn, yeah, this is this is a gem. I people need to revisit this one. Seriously, this needs this needs new life. People sleep on it too much. It's good. Yeah. I think a lot of people are just they don't want to be perceived as offensive. I think that's what a lot of it is these days. They don't want to sing praises of a movie that might make them look like they're not 
you know, PC, which is bullshit. Because again, the character makes sense. It does. Yeah, he literally he says it at the beginning. He said, "My mom was from Scandinavia. My dad is from Mexico. They both tried to convert each other, and said they fall in love, and then they die." <laughs> like, there's a storyline. That's how it's okay. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. This is a. This is great. This has yeah. So obviously not not true but not fake either i think somewhere in the middle you know the hearts like a league of their own the hearts in the right place it's more true than um 300 in pocahontas not as true as uh apollo 13 so it's like it's there yeah if we have like a little scale of like where things are it's like like it's not apollo 13 but it's not pocahontas (laughs) like yeah and over there, straight up in absolutely true, we've got Amityville. Because yeah, ghosts, exi- most, ghosts exist and that true. family was 100% in the right as yeah. we as we explored. Yeah. Um, another thing I just want to point out before we before we sign off. Um, the Who makes this movie again? What's the director's name? Jared Hess. Jared Hess has a affinity for making food appear and disappear in scenes if you watch napoleon dynamite again and you watch natural lever again watch the food people are eating it changes so like when they're eating toast he's like biting it and you see the bite and then it goes back to the scene most of the toast is gone it comes back to the scene and the toast is back it, they do that in napoleon dynamite too and it's great like it's just those like little little things that you see that make these movies even better because you, you pay attention and you see that and i love it they do it a lot in napoleon dynamite especially <laughs> i think that's just bad editing but accidental comedy I don't so, care. It's yeah. <laughs> well thanks for listening everybody if you like the show feel free to follow us on facebook instagram and twitter at filmgasm productions you want to suggest films for us to check out, you can email us at filmgasm at gmail.com or, of course, send us a message through the socials. Check out our letterbox accounts for daily reviews. You can search for me at Connor95 and in my friends list, you can find the rest of the team. Check out the website, filmgasm.com, or I have a link to that letterbox if you want to read reviews. You can also find articles, trailers of upcoming films, including sequels, and every episode of our show. If you'd like to become a monthly donor to Filmgasm Productions, feel free to click on the link in the episode description. From there, click on Support This Podcast. You can choose to uh, donate a dollar a month, uh, $5 a month, or $10 a month. All donations go right back into the show. Thanks to the entire Filmgasm team for their constant friendship and contributions to the show. Thanks to you for checking it out. Fake True Stories, much like First Thoughts, is not a weekly show. We put one together whenever we both got the time and whenever we're ready. Uh, The next pick is, is, uh, well, should we announce it? I mean, are we we set in stone on that? You don't have to. I'm good doing it. All right, fuck it. Yeah, we're doing Tombstone. I'll be your Huckleberry, baby. We're going to watch Val Kilmer. Woo! We get mustaches. I'm going to talk so much about mustaches and hats. Y'all wait. <laughs> I've been wanting to do a Western on this show since we started it. Tombstone is regarded as one of the most historically accurate biopics ever made. So I think it's going to be fun to test that theory. And it's a fucking awesome story. Tombstone kicks ass, and I'm very excited to watch it. I've only seen it once. I'm very excited to watch it again. Uh, sweet. And then we got something really fun planned for October that we will announce next time. It's going to be uh, good. It's Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> crazy fucking true story behind that. It you is. wouldn't believe it. Y'all wait. 
I am doing, I am doing that first look. I am going to fake true stories, the lore, because I know the lore of this series. We're going to fake true stories, the fake story of the fake lore of Five Nights at Freddy's. I, I had zero intentions of watching that, but I will just so you, you have that opportunity because you're very much looking forward to that. Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the bite of 87? Like, I'm so excited. I might have to do some some research because I know dick about that whole world. I know nothing. Just I go watch games. Markiplier play it. Oh, all right. <laughs> that's it. That's how I. That's I'm gonna out myself right now. That's how I know the lore is because I, like every other twelve year old, have watched Markiplier play Five Nights at Freddy's because I am a weenie. But Markiplier <laughs> say funny things, so it makes it okay. <laughs> We got that. Yeah. So that that's coming out in October. So we'll definitely be doing a first thoughts on that. And uh, the mystery movie, (laughs) obviously a horror movie inspired (laughs) by true events, a popular one. It's going to be fun. Amityville horror again. Yeah, we're doing the remake. (laughs) 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 No, I promise we're never we're not doing that. Also, uh, just one more thing. Sorry, uh, I know you already did all the sign-off things. I didn't mention the name of the orphanage that he found. It's La Casa Hogar de los Chachorros de Fre Tormenta. Just to give that out there. That's the one that he founded. It's still in operation, still serving kids today. Uh, there are ways that you can support it. I haven't found any easily accessible ones online, uh, but definitely look into this guy. Um, it's a fantastic story. So I'm glad that we were able to to give him a shout out because homie real. We love him. Yeah, guy should be a saint. The stuff he's done for children. That's honestly, it's possible. Sweet. Uh well with that, um, in the meantime, take it easy. Keep watching movies, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.